Google certificates and all those things. Got you. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. Um, you're in for a special treat. Everyone who has tuned in, my name is Alana. I am co-founder of Digital Green Book. And today I am interviewing the amazing Whitney Lupin. I met this young lady when I was at one of many tech conferences down in Miami. And just to hear her speak and just to be in her presence was very refreshing. Um, I make it no secret that I'm very inspired by reflections of myself in the community. So to see another young Black woman out here in a space that's not typically represented by us um, and just see her out here doing her thing. Uh, if you follow Whitney on LinkedIn, she's constantly posting about her promotions, uh, constantly posting about new jobs that she's entering into and how she's giving back to the community. I'm super honored to have her here today. And I'm looking forward to just picking your brain today, Whitney. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, when I got your message, I was like, for sure. Like the energy's just vibes really well when we met each other. So I'm glad to be here and be of resource to your audience um, in whichever path they want to take into tech, whether from, you know, professionally for a career or, you know, as entrepreneurs. So excited. I think that's amazing. So I'm going to jump right into it. You're a young woman. What made you want to go into this career path that you're in? So funny enough, um, I guess, let me start. So first generation um, Haitian American, so daughter of two immigrant parents. And the pathways for, I would say most people, even like, you know, if you're from a minority group as black Americans, it's like, if you want to be successful, there's specific routes. It's a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. Those are kind of like the routes that you're guided towards. Um, and so initially I was um, a bio major when I went to college. So my parents were really excited. Um, it, I was in my sophomore year of college. It was the end of the first sem first semester of my sophomore year. I went to the school campus, like psychologist, I was like, or therapist. And I was just like, I can't do this. Like I passed my chem two class, but I was like, I don't want to do this for um, you know, a, an, another semester of sciences. I was a biological science major. I was like, I had lost my passion for medicine, for science. Um, mm. And I, for me, I am definitely, when it comes to learning, I'm driven by passion. Um, and so mm. from there, I decided to change my major. And that had a huge impact with my family. My dad was like, you know, I already told all my friends you're going to be a doctor. You can't change your mind. All my friends already expect you to be a doctor. So it was all about him <laughs> and his pride. At that point, but I was just like, nah, uh, I have to do this for me. So, um, one other area I was interested in was um, basically uh, political science. So, I changed my major to international affairs because I loved history and I love culture. Um, and so, I changed my major. And uh, that first semester after that, like my first summer semester, I did study abroad. So, I've always been driven to go towards the things that get me excited. Um, mm -hmm. And when I graduated, I was like, okay well, what is it am I going to do with this degree in international affairs? Law school was an option. And so I took the LSAT. I was working at a law firm. Um, but it, it, the law itself by itself didn't really interest me. Um, and so my last semester in school, I had taken uh, an entrepreneurship class and we had gotten into teams and we had to basically build, you know, a, a startup. And mm -hmm. uh, my team was building a sports streaming platform. 
um, before like Netflix, all these streaming things kind of like were out there. That this was like we're in streaming was a thing. It was early Facebook time. I mean YouTube times. So you know we're everybody was thinking about let's create a streaming platform, and so that was our project. Um, and then I entered a startup weekend, a uh, kind of like um, what, what do you call them? Pitch competition. It was like a 72-hour pitch competition, you build something in those three days. Um, the You wanted to have engineers on your team to build it out so that you could win the big grand prize money. And after that, that pitch competition, I was like, I need to be in tech. You know, um, now I didn't necessarily say I was going to be an engineer, but I wanted to be in the process of building something new. Um, and that's, again, that was like the passion that drove me. I put it for the to the back seat while I try to explore law school, but it just kept rearing its head. Every time I saw a news article, Fortune, whatever, about XYZ tech entrepreneur gets a XYZ exit, you know, I was just like, this is the space for me. <laughs> um, and so I, I think for me, it was more of like a passion. I was trying to figure out how do I get into this space where I don't have this computer science background? Um, but I know other people who have succeeded in this space who are white males who have gotten, who didn't have a computer science background who still ended up succeeding or didn't graduate college um, and still ended up succeeding in this space. So for me, it was like, I, I just, I was stubborn. I was like, I could do it too. I don't need to get the degree in order to enter it because Mr. White Man didn't. So I for sure don't need it. And I, I just um, kind of like ran that way. And yeah, it was kind of like a roller coaster. But the thing I learned in the journey is like, my interest in tech wasn't by happenstance. Like mm. in high school, I was coding and I didn't realize what I was. Like, you know, the mm. Facebook days, like I was in there, it, like, you know, in the code, but I didn't know it as something that was, could have evolved into a career. So I think mentorship is kind of like part of that, being able to define, mm -hmm. okay, you're interested in this. This could actually be a career path. Because if that was the case, I, I would have started way earlier in hmm. um, tech uh, through that avenue. Um, when was the but, first time that you feel like you actually got mentorship along this journey? So I had to start seeking my own mentorship. So the minute, so, so when I decided to go into tech, um, uh, like really full hard, because I was trying to build a startup, I had outsourced, had wasted a lot of money outsourcing to like tech teams, um, uh, you know, in India and all that. Um, so I had, a, a, I had had a lot of um, bad experiences trying to break mm -hmm. into tech as an entrepreneur. And so mm -hmm. I finally made this decision to, I was working at a startup, it had just sold to a company um, for like $3 billion. And it, it wasn't a startup anymore at that point. It was starting to become more structured. And so it was like, okay, this is not fun anymore. So I want to go back into trying to be an entrepreneur in the tech space and launch this app, whatever. But I was like, I've already wasted thousands of dollars before doing this. Let me see if learning how to code and really learning kind of like the technical stuff that is needed to build this thing um, will help me so that I can build this next big billion dollar, billion dollar company. So I did a boot camp. Um, when I did the boot camp, um, that's when I was like, I feel like I started thinking about, okay, how do I get mentorship um, mm -hmm. to really, and so I think it really was more of like, for me, um, I was just at a point in my life, it was like growth mindset, whatever you want to do, you have to put yourself in the position, you have to get into the boot camp, uh, read the book, um, introduce yourself to other people, go to the networking event. Um, and that boot camp, I, 
the emphasis was really about building relationships and that being your entry into tech versus just like, yeah, the certificate is going to be your gateway. And so I took that to heart. And I think that was when I started building my own kind of like Rolodex of people who they may not even know they were mentoring me, but I, I was like, you're my mentor. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about it. I sort of feel like I'm in the infancy of the trajectory that you took. Um, I remember being introduced to coding early on without really knowing it back in the day when you wanted to customize a Zanga page or a MySpace page or a Black Planet page or back when I was ripping music off of LimeWire, which I didn't do that. I did it, but I did. <laughs> and learning how to import there, there was a certain way that you had to import the music so it didn't corrode or corrupt. And I'm like, I'm when I think back to those things, I really was doing code to some degree. And I'm like, okay, I have the wherewithal to do this. I played with TI-83 calculators. <laughs> and especially now going to these different events, like you say, you're networking, you're introducing yourself to people, you're meeting people who are somewhat doing the things that you want to do. That sort of space I find myself in now. And I'm literally just going through this Rolodex of interviewing Gridiron, interviewing BrainStation, interviewing these different boot camps that can give me that foundation for coding while also looking at um, some of the resources that you and some other individuals have introduced me to. I just want to pop this on the screen right quick. This website for anyone who's curious and they just want to poke around and play with it, like Whitney works at Microsoft. Um, this is the Microsoft Learn website. If you want to go here and like poke around, there's a lot of free resources on here where you could literally get down in here and search for specific types of code or specific Microsoft products and learn how to use them. Um, if you do want a certificate or the completion of that, it does come at a cost. Of course, it's like you taking a course, but you can take the course for free. But if you want a certificate, you have to pay for that upon completion. But um, docs.microsoft.com and then it, it was just backslash learn, but since I'm in the English mode, it's slash English dash US slash learn. Um, if you want to come over here and poke around, that's a good starting space. And then what was a, another website that you mentioned, Whitney? Yeah, so um, I would say uh, freecodecamp.org is a really good one. Um, Code Camp, I mean, Code Academy, uh, Leak Code, um, Hacker Inc., I mean, I feel like there's there's a plethora of uh, resources that people recommend, um, and they're all equally really good. Um, and it's just about finding what fits your learning style. I love me some YouTube University, so I'm more of a person who needs to interact with people. So I need to be able to leave the comment. I want it to be 100% free. And, um, <laughs> you know, so um, YouTube was also a really great resource for that. Um, and Twitter. Um, I, I'm going to say Twitter because I remember having issues with, I was using a framework, uh, Ruby, if anybody's, uh, Rails. So I was, uh, trying to use the Rails, which uses the Ruby language. And I was having issues. Like I was running into an error one time and I went on Twitter and I did hashtag, um, black tech Twitter. I took a screenshot of my error and I was like, who can help me with this? And I had somebody jump on Zoom with me who I didn't know, but who, you know, followed the Black Tech Twitter hashtag. And she jumped on um, Zoom with me to help me troubleshoot. Um, and so, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I just kind of like put myself out there. Um, and 
I don't necessarily consider myself an extrovert, but um, I mean, you learn to be, I guess. You learn to be an extrovert and comfortable with, you know, meeting and talking to strangers and asking for, you know, guidance. That's amazing. I use Twitter for so many other things. Like I use it deeply for following crypto projects, um, pro project developers and things of that nature. So I'm just going to break this off into another thing that I'm um, following on there. So hashtag black tech Twitter. And this is a pretty active hashtag y'all. So for my audience that's watching, definitely jump into that. Oh, I'm officially a black woman in tech heart. Um, <laughs> so I don't get distracted, but I love that these little hacks, like in lieu of conversations like this, this is like, we're just two girls sitting at a kitchen table chatting about how to get more deeply enmeshed into this space. And without these sort of conversations, people don't know where to look. Um, backing up a little bit. So throughout your code journey, when did you officially feel like you made it into tech, into coding? Mm, that's a tricky question because before I did my boot camp, I considered myself in tech. Um, it was an issue of everybody else not knowing what the hell I was in. like. They were just like tech, like they didn't really understand what it was. Um, they didn't understand why I was passionate about it and just like entering mm -hmm. it for them was like, oh, go back to school. Like I had somebody who was like, you know, our like our similar age, um, you know, as me and he, he still had like that fixed mindset that you had to have a specific type of degree. You had to have a specific type of skill set. Um, like your degree had to be in a specific field in order to enter tech. And mine was like, no, I was like, no. He was like, the only way you could get in there without the degree or um, without the specific skill set is if you're white and male or rich. And for me, I still, I was like, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm, that's not my mindset. Like, I'm just like, nah, I still can get in. Like it's, I, I don't like, I just don't play with that. I'm just like, nah, bro, you're, you're, you're crazy. No, I can. And so I feel like I had already, my mindset was set. Like I, I felt like I understood the space that I had analyzed it for long enough. And it was just about me taking, you know, just another step to it, to add something to my toolkit. But I felt like I had, I had been going to the conferences. I had um, already started making relationships with people in the community who are in the black tech community in Miami. So like, I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable here. I just need something else to take me to the next level. And that was going to the boot camp. So I feel like for me, it was a little bit different um, because I felt like that declaration, I am tech, I am in tech, I have everything there is to succeed in tech is what actually drove me to acquire all the other things that I needed. Oh, that's prove a it to everybody theme. else. <laughs> yes, that's the central theme in the individuals that I talked to. Last week, I interviewed Regaria Goddard. Um, she's literally one of the pivotal innovation developers at GM, General Motors. And to hear the power in both of your voices, you're echoing the same thing right now. She's like, I already knew I was doing it. I just needed to get a position to say I'm officially <laughs> doing it, but I was already doing it. What you talking about? <laughs> and that believing in yourself, one of my mentors always said, believing yourself much bigger, much sooner. And I'm the type of person that will hunt down information if it interests me. And I find myself interested in a lot of things, right? But I will definitely say the tech space, the web three space, the coding space, the development space has been like 
Tyrone mm-hmm. Biggum scratching on my neck and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to play with it anymore. And I think April was so restorative for me because it's like, okay, I'm a trader now. I'm a funded trader. Outside of that, what interest do I want to fuel with my passion? I love how you say, if you're not passionate about it, it doesn't matter how much money that you can make doing it. You have to be passionate about it. And that's sort of where I'm sitting. So I love that you're sitting in that space and you're only moved by things that truly move you. Um, in this space that you're in now, I'm I'm almost certain, the same way I reached out to you, I'm certain other young ladies have reached out to you. What do you find is one of the most prevailing questions or one of the most common themes? I mean, you even, you're co-founder of Haitians in Tech. So what what are you finding mantling that role that people are really seeking from you. Yeah. So, um, so I, I kind of wear multiple hats. So it's not just patients and tech. I do also uh, am the executive director of a uh, civic tech nonprofit called Code for South as well. And so um, a lot of the feedback I get, even from the Haitians and tech community is like, what should I be learning um, to break into tech? Um, and for me, I just feel like a tech moves so fast it's like whatever is drives your interest whatever you're passionate about um so if it's ai go be the expert in artificial intelligence if it's web3 be the expert in web3 um but i feel like it has to be you have to have a desire to master something that is in its infancy um to set yourself apart in the space and it's it makes it easier to set yourself apart uh, because it's such an early technology, nobody's an expert or everybody's an expert at that point because there's so little um, uh, experts in the space, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, there's not so, much of a rubric yet. Yeah, there's not much of a rubric. There's not much competition. And so for me, I feel like um, you have to have a balancing act. So you learn the foundational stuff like, you know, the simp- HTML, CSS, JavaScript, you know, one language, maybe it's Python instead of JavaScript. Um, but get like those foundational things going, but then to really boost your confidence and make you, you know, make you really feel like you have a competitive edge, find something that is, you know, is in its infancy in terms of a technology and really dive into that and make yourself into the subject matter expert for that uh, field. And so I think that's, that's what I, I give as a suggestion to anybody interested in, in terms of like breaking into tech, um, and for me, like, that's kind of like how I, I operate with Haitians in tech, but even with like Code for South, like when, as an executive director there, it's like, um, we try and basically get people to work on real world projects to add to their mm-hmm. portfolio as they're entering into tech. So um, projects that impact their community, you know, there, there are a lot of problems in, that you can look outside your, your door, uh, that your government or local organizations may not be addressing efficiently. But now you have this new toolkit of skills that you can help those organizations or the government um, digitize in a better way the processes so that more people get access to services. And so I feel like that's a perfect project to kind of like test your tech skills app, but also provide value to your community at the same time. Um, And so that's something that I try and introduce as a way to build your own portfolio, because that's another thing. It's like getting the certificate, going to the boot camp isn't enough. You have to have actual real world application of, the, of your skills. Um, so find something that you're passionate about to apply your skills to. 
um, rather than building another like, you know, uh, React calculator or tic-tac-toe app, you know, um, find something in your community that you could say, okay, I learned this skill from, you know, free code camp. Let me apply it to a real world uh, problem or uh, a local business that, you know, I can volunteer my time to. And, but it adds value to me because I could add that work to my portfolio. And I think that's a better way to approach um, kind of like building your career or your portfolio than most people think about. Um, there was a kid, he was like 15. At the beginning of COVID, he took it upon himself. He was like in high school to, before Google launched like the COVID tracker, he launched his own um, tracker. He pulled the data because it's open source from CDC. And he had like a COVID tracker that was showing like the cases um, state by state and all that kind of thing. Um, this was before Google had uh, launched theirs. He did it because he saw the data was available and he launched his site. And that led him to getting an internship at Facebook. Like at 15, like, come on. Like he, wow. he, he really set himself apart. He noticed a problem. Nobody asked him to build it, but he built it because he realized, okay, this is information I would want. Maybe other people would find value um, from it. And he used the skills that he had. And I think um, we need to take that creative approach to mm. our careers as well. I like that. It's the practical application of solving a problem for me. And it's that innovation of think that's literally thinking outside of the box and just sitting here brainstorming. There's so many different things that I can think of, at least with my nursing background. And I'm like, okay, how many elderly people in this retirement state of Florida need assistance with groceries, need assistance with wound care, need assistance with social care, visitation, because they don't have family members. I'm like, oh, what kind of app could I code that would do that? Like my, it's a thunderstorm up here right now, because now I'm thinking about all those things. So that's definitely the angle I go when I start building my portfolio. But for fun, what's one of the earliest portfolio projects that you did for yourself? Oh, yeah, no. Um, So like I said, so I was an entrepreneur before I kind of like, you know, started working, Um, I guess, in tech as in the corporate space. And so mm -hmm. I used all the entrepreneurial projects um, that I had been working on as part of my portfolio. So that's what I mean. Like I I wasn't, I, I used the things that I was passionate about, whether it was mm -hmm. a client project or maybe it was a, a, a side project that I, I was passionate about and I added those to my portfolio. So I fancy myself an aspiring romance science fiction writer. And so I built a website for that romance science fiction website out of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Like I built it from scratch rather than throwing it up on Wix. I was like, okay, let me make this a project for myself because this is already something I'm passionate about. I'm going to build anyways. Let me use my newfound skills. And the landing page, that's something I built myself. Um, same thing with Haitians in Tech. I was like, okay, uh, I have the, the handle for Haitians in Tech. Let me... Um, build out a plain HTML, uh, CSS website using my newfound skills, like a landing page. And I built that out. Even if I had to use a template at first, I still, uh, you know, use my understanding of HTML to um, edit the template. Um, and so like things like that, I made everything that I was kind of like passionate about that I had been working mm -hmm. on prior to going to the bootcamp, I turned that into a project for myself. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah. I and I added those awesome. to my portfolio. That's awesome. How 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 do you even um, sort of store that sort of portfolio? Is it just a series of URLs or? 
Oh yeah, I own too, way too many URLs because ideas pop up into my mind all the time. Ugh, it's, it, it actually annoys me so much. I'm like, I need to stop having ideas. Um, but Never like, it's like, there's like a wealth of, there's a wealth of problems in the world. So there's a wealth of solutions that can be worked on. Um, and so uh, for me, I just have a whole bunch of, uh, like I just think of really good domain names. I'm like, ooh, that's a really good domain name. Like it's it's sticky. Uh, and so I'll buy the domain and I'll think of a something, you know, several years later of what to do with it. Um, but in terms of like, like I have my WhitneyLubin.com, that's where like I'll put my personal portfolio or I have a consulting firm, um, the startup life where I'll put those projects as well. Um, but that's kind of like, and if I don't have it on either website, it's, it's uh, up there, um, online available somewhere because I'm like still working on it. Like the book itself. So I might not put it, advertise it just yet until the book is published, but it's live. I'm working on it. And it's, you know, I, I use that as part of my portfolio to show like, okay, these are the projects I've worked on. I used to think I had a problem because, um, that's sort of what I do. I'm like, Ooh, I have so many domains. It's a little, it's a little scary. <laughs> But um, it's so easy for me to just like hop on Google domains. Do you prefer Google domains or GoDaddy or where do you go? Okay, so um, no, I don't use Google domains. Um, okay. I do have GoDaddy for my my consulting business. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm just comfortable with it. I like their customer service. So I think that's why I keep it there. But um, when I just, that was just because that was like, um, like a couple of years ago that I was attached to GoDaddy. Now, when I just buy domains, I use Ionis um, only because the first year for any top level domain.com, I could get it for 99 cents for that first year. And so I just be buying domains for 99 cents. <laughs> Ionis. Wow. I've never heard of yeah. this one before. Girl, you stay putting so me on. So I just put my, um, I put my, you have to put your browser in incognito to make sure you keep getting that deal, the 99 cent um, domain. But yeah, I just get me a 99 cent domain. Um, it's 99 cents for the year. And then of course you would just transfer it after that year to like GoDaddy or whatever. But um, I just, just give sauce. Every interview I do with somebody, they just give it out sauce. If y'all taking notes, mm -hmm. I hope y'all taking notes, but... Dang, yeah, because Google do be tapping me for like 12, 20 some odd dollars. Okay, 99 cents. I, I, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, looking forward into the future, because now that I'm attending more tech events, I like I'm an event girl. I love going places, networking with people, and literally seeing what other people do inside of these fields. That's I met you at BikeCon, which I love that event. And I'm absolutely going to the next one. Um, Tamante did a phenomenal job with the roster of people that he put up there on that stage. Oh, my goodness. But looking forward, like I know there's three more events that I'm going to this year surrounding coding in the Web3 space. The biggest one I'm going to is Afrotech in November in oh, Texas. Oh, yes. I love. I love Are you going? Afrotech. You know what? I, let me just go. Yeah, go. I should go. Yeah. Girl, there's like five people going now that went to BikeCon that are going. So, yeah, we're just going to have to have a whole, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm you just going to do it. Yeah. Okay. So you in go. Texas. Um, <laughs> but when I, I feel as though someone of your caliber is literally at the point where they can start having their own 
events. So when you go to an event, what are you looking to get out of the event? And if you were to host your own event, what would you want to offer to the community? Um, yeah, for me personally, I mean, it's always been the same thing as building relationships. I've, that's really what it is. Like, I don't even really like to sit down for the um, presentation so much because I feel like I hear, I've heard it already. It's, it's nothing new to me. I, I, I've been listening to all this, like I'm in the space. I, so it's like, nobody's, it's not breaking news for me in terms of, oh, this is web three. This is what it can do. You know, this is what's to be aware, be weary of like those. I feel like I got a good handle on that. Um, but in terms of relationships, that's really what I focus on when it comes to the conferences. It's like, okay, who else can I talk to? Because that could lead to another opportunity in terms of a job, if that's what you're looking for. Or maybe it's a co-founder, you know, or maybe it's an investor. And so those are the things that I kind of like primarily focus, excuse me, focus on um, when it comes to going to the conferences. It's like building relationships. Um, and so, yeah, building, just building that Rolodex of contacts. <laughs> I think that's pretty much why I go as well. And I didn't even realize I was doing that. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. I was like, oh, you're cool. Let me get your number. But, <laughs> you know, unintentionally. So what sort of event would you have if you could have one? Um, so right now with Haitians in Tech, what we've been doing mostly is like every month we have a, a monthly activation, like a mixer. Um, and mm -hmm. I've kind of like been... I am not a, a, an event planner. Um, so, you know, those people of Afrotech and all these other conferences, I, you know, Tamant, I, I applaud you because let me tell you, I really do not like planning events. It is not my cup of tea. That's not, it's not my jam. Um, but the way that we've done it is more mixer. So kind of like focusing on the networking, connecting with people, um, and then also presenting um, real world projects that they can contribute to or, uh, you know, real war, real world. Sorry, I, I, these braces are still new. So I'm like, you know, it's a struggle. Um, so or introducing them to innovative projects um, by other founders of color like themselves from the Caribbean or from Haiti and whatnot, or even in the U.S. Um, that, you know, they may not have known about um, and picking their brains because I think even the entrepreneurial route that that lane is also very interesting as well. So that's what's up. So what, where are are they physical mixers or virtual mixers or they've all been physical. So um, the locations have all been different. So this month um, we uh, are planning one. I don't have the date just yet. I have to follow up with you on that. But yeah, um, they're usually face to face. Uh, mixers um we are planning to have some virtual ones for later on in the year but right now they're face to face um yeah the outside is open and i just feel like you can't we free outside. Food. yeah we outside okay so free food free drinks like i am there and networking that that is the that is the trifecta if you got free food free drinks um and networking and maybe some vibes like you know music ambiance i'm there i'm like why not be there like <laughs> That's what's up. And this is based out of Miami for you. Yes, it's based out of Miami. Uh, but we definitely want to open up other chapters in other cities. We've gotten a lot of feedback about that. Um, we just want to uh, build out the kind of like um, the framework for that. Yeah, the infrastructure for that to be able yeah. to deploy that in other cities. But right now it's in Miami. Where would you say are the biggest the biggest hubs um, in general? I know Miami's a hot buzz site. I, I would guess D.C., New York. 
Yeah, DC, we've gotten feedback from um, New York, DC, Orlando as well. We had um, somebody from Orlando and Atlanta. So those are the areas that we've gotten feedback. People wanted to have um, local, yeah. I events. think this is going to be so dope because it's like every event that I go to, I just meet so many amazing people. Um, I feel like you're a value add everywhere that you go. Um, the way you carry yourself, the way you freely share information with everyone is so refreshing to me. Uh, I'm grateful to have had this discussion with you. And hopefully people took notes today. Definitely. I'm going to just run these websites across the screen again one more time because I know myself I will be checking them out. So we started yeah. on the Microsoft Learn website. Um, yeah, and, resources. yeah. And I mean, it's Microsoft Learn or you could do the LinkedIn Learn. I feel like the LinkedIn Learn might be best because, you know, it ports it. It ports right to your LinkedIn profile and all the recruiters you use LinkedIn as a profile. So it might that might be the a better thing to do. Um, and then, of course, I mean, I'm going to mention the competitor because I'm not biased, but Google certifi certificates apply. Um, you know, um, I would say the cloud certificates, whether it's from Google, Microsoft or um, from Amazon are always good. Um, you just have to kind of like do a competitive analysis of like what's in demand um, at the current time. Uh, I would say in, I've noticed like in the government space, a lot of government entities, local governments use Microsoft products and probably a lot of um, just businesses like big enterprise businesses use Microsoft product products, enterprise products. Um, but uh, in terms of startups, they're using Amazon um, cloud services. So like... Amazon has, I would say, the biggest share of the cloud, um, the cloud industry, uh, followed in by Azure from Microsoft, and then uh, like further down is Google. Um, but Google is growing uh, exponentially every year. Um, so even though they're in like third place, they're they're mm -hmm. they're growing very healthily. So they um, had a most reach. Everybody use Google.com. Yes, but, but but the cloud services though, it's. Amazon is leading the way, and then Microsoft, mm -hmm. um, secondly. So I think um, th with those things in mind, like, you know, you make your decision on, do I want to be a big fish in a small pond or a, sm uh, a fish in a big pond, a small fish in a big pond? Like, those things matter. Um, if you get the Amazon certificate, then you're a small fish in a big pond because a lot of people are getting that certificate because it plays a, it's taking up a lot of the um, market share. Uh, but then if you want to be in government or um, maybe the older enterprise companies who are still using Microsoft, then you would get the Microsoft certificate. Or if you want to be early, you know, with Google, who's growing, um, even, even though it has the smaller market share, then you would go with that one just so you could be competitive because there's not as many people with that certificate. Um, so. Or get all three of them. Or or get all three of them. Exactly. Um, so, so this is cool. You just taught me something because I would see people post certificates on there. But because I'm really just full transparency, I'm really just revamping my LinkedIn because for the longest, I'm like, I just Ooh. clock in at the hospital and clock out. So now going through that process of like documenting, memorializing everything that I do, even like this interview, I'm like, let me be thoughtful and post this interview. Let me be mm -hmm. thoughtful. And I've interviewed so many amazing people on my IG. And now I'm like, 
in the process of moving all of those conversations from IG to my YouTube, um, because I feel like there's just still, even now, a wealth of information in there. So I'm like, yeah, let me let me do that. And then even these skill sets that you're talking about, like, I'm definitely going to be the second we hop off. I'm going to be poking around here and see what I can do. Um, yeah, definitely. LinkedIn is LinkedIn is the the thing. Like, I, I'm still surprised when I see. Um, people who are just graduating like college and they're like, yeah, I don't really go on LinkedIn. Like they still use, um, what's that other one? Indeed. Um, and I'm like, I mean, I'm not biased against Indeed. I just, I just feel like all the recruiters are using LinkedIn. I'm like, you, you're depending on in, uh, Indeed profile. Like, nah, my, my, like you, that everybody should revamp their LinkedIn profile. It could be, I, I consider it like along the same lines as my, my own personal URL, WhitneyLubin.com and my LinkedIn. Those are my two professional, like that's me in the digital space showing my um, professional, uh, you know, experience, history, all that. Like that is, that is your brand right there. Um, and so I think it's very important. Uh, Felipe said LinkedIn learning is good. Indeed is kind of 20 years ago. It is. Look. <laughs> I, I no, I see people like young people, young, young, like they just like 21 and they're using indeed. And I'm just like, what is you doing? Update your LinkedIn, my friend. Update your LinkedIn. People are really, really grateful for your feedback. Like your girl, you that sauce, you that sauce, <laughs> you that sauce. Everybody just super happy to hear you. So just showing these one more time. We got LinkedIn Learn, which we just covered. And you can follow both myself and Whitney on LinkedIn. Just search for our names. Alana Whitaker, Whitney Lubin. Find us. Connect. Um, I don't know. Super cheap URLs. 99 cents. <laughs> then we um, have um, Black Tech Twitter hashtag. Definitely a great resource in connecting with people who are actively, actively using this hashtag, y'all. And then um, freecodecamp.org. I will be checking this out as well. Literally, if you want to start getting your feet wet with learning free code and Microsoft mm -hmm. Learning, what was the other website you had? Um, I mean, it's so many, so many. Um, I said uh, so. Leet Code, L E E T C O D E. So, like, if you're trying to prepare for the coding um, interviews, um, they L -E -E -T? have like, yeah, Leet Code. Mm -hmm. Dot com. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's dot com. Um. So they help you basically prepare for those uh, coding interviews. Um, there's another one, Hacker Inc. as well. Um, but yeah, coding challenges so that you can get the types of questions you get um, in a coding interview. Uh, but like the, more than just coding, there's other roles in um, tech. And so from my position, I'm a product manager at Microsoft. I use tryexponent.com. Um, it's a hacker rank? Hacker rank. Yeah. Okay. So the, okay. Yeah, I'm just making is, sure. Yeah. You that's just been some of these before. I'm trying to make sure. Yeah. And, and companies will look at people who have like high scores on like hacker rank. So, because then they know that you can crack a lot of good, like you, you could code, like you have a high score in terms of cracking these coding challenges. So, mm -hmm. like you, you can create a profile and every time you, you know, you crack a code, like it's you're building your profile, you're getting more difficult coding challenges. Um, and then you'll get recruiters reaching out to you because of that. You don't even have to apply for the job. They're just basing it off of your ranking. 
Um, mm -hmm. And there's other similar like sites like this as well. Um, and then um, for like roles outside of like, I would say like as an engineer, uh, I used to work as an engineer, but now I'm as a product manager. Uh, one website I use is Try Exponent. Um, I think it's .com, Try Exponent, like T-R-Y. And that has also like interview questions, but it'll have it like for product managers and other roles outside of just um, uh, an engineer. And I use that. Um, I actually used this when I was preparing for my Microsoft interview. And it's my recommendation for anyone who's like applying for a product or a program manager role. Okay, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Like, I don't think y'all understand the souls. The souls. Man, I didn't I didn't know about any of these. That's why it's so it's so important to look to your left and have a conversation with somebody. It's it's this illustrates the importance to me because like I have all these same interests, hadn't heard of any of those resources. So grateful. <laughs> grateful. No problem. So aside from when I'm going to see you at Afrotech in Texas, uh, what other events really catch your eye? What are you looking to go to? Um, I mean, I haven't coded in a while. So I think I, I know I missed the last React conference here in Miami. Um, Ariana the Techie, she had a uh, talk there. So I was, I'm so mad with myself that I missed that. So I think, but I want to focus on more like technology um, based conferences, like where you have someone giving you a presentation on, you know, how to do React hooks, like, you know, like where I'm actually learning how to do the actual technology, not necessarily talking on the high level about, um, I guess, uh, AI, like the, the, the category, but like, let's say web three, I would actually want to do like, um, a, a language or a framework, something to build out. So I think I'm probably more so focused on the groups, the smaller events that are happening around these technologies, because mm -hmm. there I can actually like get my hands dirty and get it in code where I don't necessarily ha have the opportunity to do so much in my mm -hmm. nine to five as a product manager right now. I think that's phenomenal. Well, sis, I'm looking forward to having you on again at a subsequent date, because I already know by then you're going to be doing 10 million other things. <laughs> Uh, I'm so grateful for these resources. I know I'm plugging in. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Texas. And y'all, it's time It's time to get into it. For those of you wondering why, why is this conversation important? I know that my original audience was predominantly healthcare because I was an ICU nurse for 13 years. And y'all have watched me grow and blossom in crypto, grow and blossom in trading. And this is the new avenue that I'm tackling. And I know that all of these things may seem scary because humans really get comfortable in their comfort zones, right? But when you look at the economy and look at how things are going around you, where else can you find a job in this type of field where you can still make six plus figures and a boot camp might be three months worth of education? Where else can you find something where you can innovatively solve problems and enjoy doing it passionately from the comfort of your home? There's so many free resources out here to align y'all with things that don't put you in harm's way. Um, and there's so many other avenues that you can connect people to resources, challenge yourself mentally. So I really want to keep having these conversations with all these phenomenal people that I've met 
just to show you that there are other options in what you're doing right now. And additionally, there's people who look like myself, people who look like Whitney, people who look like Regaria, all of the other people I've interviewed, and we're out here doing it for real. I know it's not about that for a lot of people, but it's about that for me. Because I know growing up as a young black girl, I didn't see other people who looked like me doing these things. My mom was a school teacher before she went to work at the post office and my dad was a plumber. What, what opportunities would I have had to run into people like this if not putting myself in these environments? So I'm forever grateful for people who are willing to hop on here, open their mouths and share and pay it forward for free. This is thousands of dollars worth of information. Like no cap. A coding boot camp minimum now, a three-month coding boot camp can be $15,000. We just showed you three websites to learn. You telling the truth, okay? I, I'm I still high-key, low-key mad at my boot camp. I'm like, first of all, they use free code camp, okay? They told us to use free code camp, told us to use code camp. Yeah, I was like, y'all could have just made your own website and had me use that. But you gave me, you told, you give me this free thing to use to teach me for this three months for $15,000? So I, I say that with the caveat that, you know, I I wouldn't change my journey for anything. The, the $15,000, I'm cool with it. It's almost paid off and I'm done with it. But but definitely, guys, there's the free resources and the, the boot camps are literally giving you the free resources to use. You're paying $15,000 for them to tell you to use the free resource. Okay? Y'all, sauce. I'm talking about 15 <laughs> bands. And comparatively, I'm going to just say this too. Because I remember one of the more recent um, travel contracts I did as a nurse, I was living in San Francisco for a year. I worked at UCSF Parnassus, lived in Inner Sunset and could walk to the hospital. When I say that's the most expensive city I've ever lived in, a studio was 4400 a month, a studio. Anyway, um, I decided to stay in a, a house. It was a, like a refurbished uh, brownstone. And I had seven roommates. All of them were either doctors nurses or coders that's it how that's how expensive san francisco is right had my own bedroom had my own bathroom but it was a nice house mm. anyway um of the one of the gentlemen who was living me with me at the time young white guy and he was i think he was in gridiron if i'm not mistaken paid his 15 bands did three months of learning because i was there on i was doing like three month nursing contracts back to back to back between my first contract and my second contract, he had finished his coding program, his three-month coding program that he paid 15 bands for. And by the time I was in my third nursing contract, he had a six-figure job. I'm just, I, I'm saying that to put that in context because it's like travel nurses make good money. But this man was literally able to secure a career in six months or less. Would you say that that's, that's a realistic time frame for people watching. Like if you, if you complete a coding boot camp and you're proficient and you network, is that a, a realistic time frame for people to expect employment? I feel like it's realistic. Cause I definitely have people in my um, cohort who did. Um, that wasn't me. Um, so I, I feel like you have to, like, you're going to have to weather the storm regardless. That's why it's like important for you to be passionate Yes, if you if you go heavy, you go on like you're on your thing six months for real. Um, but me, I'm not. I was not the person out of boot camp when the boot camp says you should be putting in three resumes every day. I wasn't that person. I'm not. I just 
I'm not that person <laughs> who's gonna sit down there and make, do three applications a day or whatever. Like, it's just not me. So it definitely took me longer. Um, but I think I also got into positions that actually I liked, um, where the, I liked the company, I liked what they were working on, I liked my team. Um, so I felt like mine was more relationship heavy. Um, so yeah, I, I think six months, definitely it it's common. Um, but I also want people to, it is realistic, but I don't want somebody to end up not having that happen. And they're like, what's wrong with me? There's mm. nothing wrong with you. It's just not, that wasn't your journey. Um, so like either you change something in what you're doing, um, you know, maybe you do have to put in those three resumes or come to peace with the fact that you're not the person who's going to put in, who's not going to apply for as many jobs, which allows some people to get that offer earlier, or you're mm. not networking as much as other people. And, you know, you take the time to build your skills and build your confidence. Um, and then, you know, work, it, work it that way. But yeah, I don't, I try and get people not to focus on the number, just mm -hmm. focus on your effort. Like, you know, how are you putting yourself out there? That's what's up. Well, I think this was a phenomenal conversation. If people want to plug in with you, is LinkedIn the best option or where should they follow you at? Um, the best, I mean, I try and be active on my LinkedIn. I try to, I try to, but I don't, I'm not as active on my LinkedIn. I am active on my LinkedIn. I'm pretty active. I feel like I check it practically every week, but I check my Instagram practically every five minutes. So I would say reach out to me on Instagram. That would probably be the best way to connect with me. Got you. And again, that's Whitney Lubin on both LinkedIn and Instagram. She got that handle, y'all. <laughs> yes. That's what's up, sis. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to catching up with you soon. We got to go out for margaritas and have a great night. You too. You too. Bye. Bye.